Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast, WILK News Radio. Great good morning, everyone. 10.06 a.m. here in the Great Northeast. This beautiful Wednesday, January 30, 21st, 31st, year of our Lord 2024. This is the Bob Cordaro Show, and I am he. It is a big day to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like my old friend Jack Tig, Dunmore, Kenneth Kanowski, Lake Ariel, Andrew Choby, and he says it, Marvin Section of Scranton, and David Wojciechowski, Dallas, who we honor today. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle And we reconvene this meeting of the Club for Common Sense after that brief adjournment, promising you the sanctuary of sanity that we need in an insane world. And Road Scholar Transport, remember, they're the guys that bring all this to you. It's the family company that knows that when they ship for you, the entire value of your company is in their truck. And if you work for them, you are family. Road Scholar Transport, headquartered in Dunmore, but shipping through all of Northeast Pennsylvania and the entire Northeast United States. And then the Camelot Restaurant and Inn, right off 81 in Waverly, from, uh, I'm telling you, the most versatile restaurant I know. Great bar, great bar food, and then great fine dining. There's nothing missing. And great events. Somebody's telling me pronounce Marvine. Is it Marvine? No. It's Marvine. We always called it Marvine. Marvine Water Gap, the Marvine Little League. No, we need some more, we need some more uh commentary on whether I'm saying that right uh for our honoree. Andrew Choby. Uh, somebody texted in. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know why I love doing this every day? Because of you guys. They text in, perhaps our friend Doc would appreciate the historic account of St. Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra. He defended the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ by physically punching the foul heretic, Arius. He punched him in the face for denying this truth of faith. When he was put in prison, Christ appeared to him, asked him why he was in prison, and Nicholas responded that he was there because he loved his master. Christ rewarded his zeal and love by releasing him from prison. Thank you, Anthony. So the slapper, the slapper holds sway. And by the way, Doc would love... If Trump was slapped when he acted silly, 
The problem is his guy Biden would be slapped so silly when he every t- I mean everything he does he's an idiot. All right, a lot of people weighing in. Marvin as is M A R V I N E is pronounced Marvin. Just like the name. Thank you for that a bunch of you. <sighs> So you heard about <laughs> somebody says, Bob, you're not allowed to talk about the Camelot anymore. You were a bad boy and you didn't finish your dinner because they gave us too much food at the wild game dinner. It was way too much. I had it the next day and the next day, by the way, there was that much. So anyway, uh, Joe Biden, I believe through executive fiat, Stopped the permitting of new facilities to ship liquefied natural gas, which is our greatest resource, energy resource. I mean, it's 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 this insanity and this fealty to the left wing lunatic environmental wackos is just beyond my comprehension. And the the people that have to live with it are the people in Pennsylvania who are trying to produce natural gas and find markets for it. Well, Dave Callahan is the president of the Marcellus Shale Coalition, and he is with us now to discuss this and other subjects. Uh, Dave Callahan, welcome back. Great to be with you, Bob. I hope you're doing well today. Well, I'm sorry you had to sit through my rant, but I'm in a lather again today. And, uh, <laughs> and rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. It's, tell it's, tell it's us a exactly. Action. Yeah. Tell us, David Callahan, exactly what the Biden administration did that is going to limit your markets. I, I think you summed it up quite well. They, they announced that they're going to halt consideration of uh, pending permits and new permits for liquefied natural gas or LNG export facilities. You know, it's, it's quite frankly, it, it's a reckless move to score political points. Um, and it's not just my opinion, it's the opinion of many others, but it's this reckless move is putting at risk, not just the energy security, but the national security of our allies in Europe, the further economic development of other nations in the world. And you know what, it puts at risk further action to, uh, to address climate issues across the world because LNG exports are a known tool uh, to, to decrease carbon emissions worldwide. And by the way, I always add parenthetically, if that's actually a bad thing. <laughs> you know what? You get, you, get all, you get all of that. It's not like you have to choose one or the other. <laughs> yeah. LNG, you get, you get economic yeah. development here, economic development overseas, you know, lower emissions, you name it, you get it. And if you're a nation in Europe, you look across the Atlantic and you hear words like that, and then you have to consider whether you're going to get additional exports through the an active combat zone in the Red Sea. Yeah. What would you choose? Yeah, it's it's so remarkable, and and the actions that the Biden administration and Joe Biden took uh, all made the Europeans more reliant on Russian energy before they attacked Ukraine. There's now an opportunity by letting 
our natural gas, particularly the Marcellus Shale Coalition, ship natural gas to Europe to alleviate the problem created there and that dependence on Russia, and they do the opposite. I, I'm boggled. I really am. You know what? You, you, you have company, and I'm going to shock you. I don't know if you know this, but your opinion is shared by the Washington Post, where they called it purely political move. When is the last time you agreed with the Washington Post editorial? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, that's well, that's scary. Now I got to think my rethink my position, <laughs> Dave Callahan. <laughs> all right. So so tell us, first of all, how uh, how is everything going with the coalition and the, your producers? Uh, they're 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 ready to go. They're ready to pump it out. And they're providing uh, energy freedom for this country. You're absolutely right. We've had that energy freedom, energy security, and enhanced national security for a number of years, thanks to the shale revolution. And there's such, uh, such significant amounts of natural gas still available to us in Pennsylvania and in this basin that we'll have generations of it, generations of security. We just have to ensure that the right policies are in place to allow that gas to be developed, transported, and used, and not have actions like this that put a chill on investment, that can put a chill on development, can put a chill on the use of the product. So many people uh, who want to blindly defend this administration on energy will say, but wait a minute, we're producing more than ever. Not acknowledging the fact that these, the number one, you have to produce more because we consume more, period. The second part of that uh, equation is that there's we need to grow it and we need to do so starting now for future years, which is what they're limiting. You're absolutely right. And that's one of the concerns about this particular action is not that what it's going to impact today, but what it's going to impact down the road in terms of, again, our, our friends and customers in Europe, as well as the folks here. You know, we I think we spoke uh, a few months ago when we released an economic impact study that showed that the industry here in Pennsylvania in 2022 um, generated some $41 billion in economic activity, which resulted in significant tax receipts to local, state, and federal governments, but also $6.3 billion in that year in estimated royalty income. And you know what? Some of that royalty income can be traced back to foreign purchase of American natural gas, natural gas developed right here. So you've got landowners, royalty owners in Pennsylvania, pockets of Pennsylvania, who are directly benefiting from the export of, of natural gas. Dave Callahan is our guest. Uh, Mr. Callahan is the president of the Marcellus Shale Coalition, a natural gas group here in Pennsylvania. What can you do and what can we do about this egregious pandering to the left? Uh, in, well, in, in limiting uh, permits, or actually not considering permits for future LNG growth. Well, let me, look, before I get into the formal things, but maybe what you could do is understand that you're not alone. You know, there's some recent polling that shows that upward, more than two-thirds of respondents to the poll, nationwide poll, are supportive of LNG exports. And when you look at uh, the party breakdown of this, you see that a majority of Democrats, a majority of independents share that opinion as well. 
So you're not alone, first of all. Understand that it's a majority opinion. And it's a matter of making sure that the administration understands this. Now, while they have this far-off plan that, oh, by the way, will delay or, or halt the permits through the election season, you know, that's, that's clearly a, a tell, uh, there may be an opportunity to comment. So there may be opportunities to say something. But in the meantime, speak to your members of Congress. Speak to the senators. Tell them what you support. And tell them that you support uh, ensuring the, the security of our allies and friends in Europe. Dave Callahan, what concerns me the most, we've seen what they've done during their first term. If they were ever granted a second term, I, I, there is probably no end to what they would do to crush uh, American energy. You know, that's that's uh, that's a scary thought. I'll leave the prospects of who wins, who loses up to political experts like yourself. But that is clearly a risk if if people with the wrong ideas get in, you know, framing the current issue as a problem when natural gas and natural gas exports are a solution. That's what we have to change. We're a solution. This industry is a solution. The product is a solution. Dave Callahan, have there been one of the things I feared the most when this administration came in was that through the Department of Transportation, uh, they were going to limit your ability to transport natural gas, whether it be pipelines, uh, in some cases, truck, whatever. Have they been doing that as well? There have been some actions uh, from the Department of Transportation itself uh, to limit uh, the, the transport of natural gas, not necessarily through pipelines. They've had a longstanding record of regulating pipeline safety. But you're right. There, there are many ways in which folks have, have advocated and succeeded in advocating for the, the, the stoppage of this industry, from the well pad to the pipeline, to trucking it, to shipping it via rail, to now shipping it overseas. One final question on, on that basis. New York State does not let any members of your Marcellus Shale coalition, uh, they, they won't allow a pipeline across New York State to reach New England. Is that still the case? That is absolutely the case. And now they're in the process of denying their own citizens, their own residents, the ability to choose natural gas appliances in the future, where they have a plan to wean the entire state's economy off of natural gas, depriving them of a clean energy source, an affordable energy source, an abundant energy source. Dave Callahan, president of the Marcellus Shell Coalition, I thought because of your calm demeanor, you could calm me down today. <laughs> I, you've only got me uh, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> I've, I've done my job. Uh, we we thank you always. You know you're always welcome when you've got something to bring across, and it is very timely uh, based on what the Biden administration is proposing. Thank you for all of that, and keep fighting for us. And your, and thank your you coalition. very much, Bob. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Dave Cal- Callahan. President Marcellus Shale Coalition. This is the Bob Cadaro Show. We'll take this break and return. This day, 1972, America released their hit.
Great song. Horse with no name, Murph tells us. And 1971 astronauts Alan Shepard, Edgar Mitchell, and Stuart Rusa blast off aboard Apollo 14 on a mission to the moon this date that year. Bob Cadaro back with you here on WILK. Uh, somebody uh, emailed me, actually. This is tell uh, Dave Callahan that none of our representatives talk on behalf of natural gas. And that's sad because because they're Democrats. They can't advocate against the energy lunacy. Do you see this? This is the problem with electing Democrats. As high-minded, as nice as they are, as much as we like them, they can't defend their own industries. They're captured by a lunatic left. On every level, by the way. It's it's exhausting. All right. Well, we talked about the PAWC hearing and the Pennsylvania American Water Company hearing yesterday. And Dave from Scranton's on the blower wants to talk about it. Hey, Dave. Hey, Bob. Thanks for taking the call. And right before you cut me off, if you give me one second to read a Mother Teresa quote, because I also have a book, and I think it sums up her completely. But, uh, you know... Last, yeah, it was a great segue with that last caller because it's really about the, the, uh, the cost of utilities and people getting by. So, I mean, last night we're talking about water utilities and the price of that, but people brought up all kinds of things. Inflation, they brought up, you know, other utilities. They brought up a lot of things that actually our government is responsible for. Yep. And yet a lot of these people, we know how they vote in this area. So as you sit there at these hearings sometimes, you're just like, yeah, but you voted for this. So it, it gets a little old. You know, he brought up another great point that the majority of people and the Democrats love democracy because they believe it's the majority rule. Yet they never accept the majority when they don't like it, like voter ID, restrictions on abortion. They're also a majority issue in this country, yet they ignore those. It's like they ask, what would Jesus do when they're looking for welfare? But they ignore it when they talk about abortion up to birth. (laughs) It's just these arguments are so insane. We're all going crazy because of it. You know, all the. All our local state reps were there last, well, the afternoon, because that's when the cameras and the, the news was there. The B team showed up for the second hearing because it wasn't covered, apparently. You know, they all left after speaking. They care so much that they couldn't spend the, this four hours for the first meeting or the total of nine or ten hours because it's truly their job and it's supposedly so important. You would have thought they would have stuck around. But they, they weren't interested in what the people had to say. They were just interested in hearing themselves speak and being seen on television. And that's a fact. And they can all call up and defend and tell us where they were, but I'm assuming they were sitting somewhere at a nice dinner eating well last night. And that's my take on our representatives. You know, the, uh, the, the PAWC last night tried to blame the PUC for some of these increases. And, you know, it's hard to tell because they weren't really addressing issues specifically. It was basically just a hearing to hear what the people had to say. But it does sound like some of the onus is on the PUC, which has done a very poor job for the consumer in this state for a very long time, and not just with the water utilities. So I think people need to look in to see, yeah, PAWC may have asked for the rate increases, but it's the PUC that approves them. You know, so yeah. you, you got you to put the blame where it belongs. It's like when Ford showed up for the bailouts and, and the representative said to them, well, you don't really need the money. And they said, well, if you're giving it away, we'll be here to take it. You know, and, and then they got turned down, which was great. You know, it, it, the PAWC is expanding itself continually. It's the largest water company in the, the country, I believe they say. You know, it's, it's another thing that came out of those hearings with the uh, auto manufacturers. They said, you know, we, we privatize profit, but we socialize losses. 
So in this case, we're basically privatizing these people getting rich and building their company on the backs of the ratepayer and the taxpayer. There were several advocacy groups there last night, the PUC, the state representatives, everybody from PAWC, they're all on our dime, whether it's taxpayer dollars or it's included in the rates of the PAWC water bills. So every person that was there last night, each agency that's supposedly trying to advocate for us, we're paying them to do that. What are our representatives for if they don't advocate on our behalf? And they they could have maybe they could have maybe spent the four hours our our Democrat representatives. Uh, they could have maybe spent the time because they're not in session. <laughs> and that's my point. Yeah. Yes, and you know the thing was, Dave, we gotta go, but facts. let's get this Mother Teresa thing. Let in. me give you the quote. And and good thing for Doc, he finally admitted uh, Trump's a billionaire. You know, if <laughs> now, I ever become yeah, a team, when it serves their purpose, he's worth nine billion dollars. When it doesn't, you know, I know. What would Jesus do, Bob, right? If I ever become a saint, I will surely be one of darkness. I will continually be absent from heaven to light the light of those in darkness on earth. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Breaks my heart. She's the best. All right. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. Let's take this break. We'll hear from our great sponsors. Then we'll talk about these veterans that we're paying tribute today, and then the weather, and then you. Our veterans today, David Wojciechowski, Dallas, born in Nanticoke, graduate of Nanticoke Area High School. While working at Bonner Chevrolet in Kingston, he met his future wife of 54 years, Diane Hodgson. He enlisted in the United States Navy, serving from 1963 to 1966, including a tour of duty in Vietnam. His career after honorable discharge... Procter & Gamble in Manhoopany. After retiring from there, opened a fishing charter business, and he and his son DJ took people out to find them, find out where the fish are. David always enjoyed the reunions with the Navy VP4 squadron. He survived by his wife Diane, his sons, and grandchildren. David Wojciechowski. Andrew Choby, Marvin section of Scranton, preceded in death by his wife, Judith, graduate of Scranton Technical High School, proudly served in the United States Army. Prior to retirement, he was employed for over 40 years for shot optical glass. Loved to hunt. Loved the Raiders. His nickname was Chobe. Surviving her two daughters, Five grandchildren. Andrew Choby. Kenneth Kanowski, Lake Ariel. Proceeded in Beth, death by his wife of 29 years, Margie. He lost her in 2008. Graduated Scranton Central High School. Served in the United States Marine Corps, 1958 to 1961. Trained in underwater diving at Brunswick Naval Station. Worked in sales, caseworker, real estate, project manager, a renaissance man who did all kinds of art and taught dance of all things at the Arthur Murray Dance Studio. He later met an angel after his wife passed, Christine Golden, who was his next love and caregiver during his illness. Survived by a son, daughter, and a granddaughter, Kenneth Kanowski. My old friend Jack Tighe. We lost him December 24th. 
His wife, Catherine K. Kays. We lost her in 2013. They had been married for 54 years. Born in Scranton, graduate of the great Scranton Technical High School, 37 years at Bell Telephone, veteran of the United States Armed Services during the Korean conflict. Proud man, he loved to golf. Six sons and a daughter. I know them all. Three grandchildren, one great-grandchild. His wife, Kay, when I ran for Congress, 1988. She had a group of women over for a coffee clatch for my campaign. These are people we knew and loved. Jack Tig, our veterans today. Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Joe Snedeker. Today, cloudy with sprinkles and flurries. It'll be about 38. Tonight, cloudy with a few flurries, low of 32. Tomorrow, Thursday, mostly cloudy, high of 43. And that's all he has to say. Our guy, Sned. So, uh, I take the Bulldog yesterday to uh, Coney Island. Now, we've done this occasionally when we go down and visit uh, Lorraine. And I took him to Jim's uh, down there in Hazleton twice. And so this is the second time we finally got back. I've been dying to get back to uh, Coney Island. It's the original one down in the hole there, you know, on Adams Avenue. So we order, and I, my standard order, I want a Texas cheeseburger, a Texas wiener, French fries with gravy and um, cheese. And it was, I mean, just you want to say off the charts, fabulous. I can't even describe it. I said it's as good a food as I've ever eaten in any category. We just put them all together. Danielle in New York, I don't care. It was as good as you could have. So we're enjoying ourselves. And the Bulldog, all of a sudden, he wants two to go. And I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at him. He doesn't think twice about the The Bulldog doesn't think twice about it. He wants two of these to go. Now, it's on my nickel. And then after a well, while, okay, that's fine. You know, I don't say anything. And then he says, oh, they've got milkshakes. <laughs> like, Yeah. He wants a milkshake to go. <laughs> That's where I drew the line. I got him his, his uh, to-go package, but I drew the line at the milkshakes. And I, by the way, I, I admitted to him, uh, people ask, did I bring a bib for the bulldog? No, we don't care if he slobbers all over himself. But um, we met a few listeners in there and uh, had a good time with my old friend Joe McCauley. But... Um, and he's got some veterans in his family that I told him. I said, please, let me talk about them. Get me the info. But Bulldog, yeah, I mean, it, 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 he's he's such a Bulldog. You give them an inch, they take a yard. That's what they do. That's what Bulldogs do. And uh, I have, I, I, I don't know who's, I don't know who pampered him. I don't know who spoiled him. Maybe Nancy. But uh, he's out of control. But we did love our Coney Island. Did we not, Bulldog? We we loved it. He's nodding his head. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. Nick from Scranton's on the uh, blower about the border crisis. Let's take that break now so we'll have time for him after. It's the Bob Cadaro Show. Climax Blues Band. They released their hit, Couldn't Get It Right, this date, 1977. Not a bad song, right? Bulldog, I think we're going to finish with Eddie Rabbit. I really like that song. Yeah, let's finish with Eddie Rabbit today. Sometimes I call an audible on Murph. Let's go to Nick from Scranton. He's been patient. How are you, Nick? Good, Bob. How about yourself? Doing great. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Bob, I got a couple questions for you, man. I kind of want to hear your opinion on this whole thing. Do you think... I mean, with everything going on on the border and everything, with all the illegal immigrants coming in and Texas finally taking a stand. Well, first of all, why didn't they take a stand sooner? I mean, this has been going on for, what, three years now? Well, it's it's better late than never. The, the, Texas is set up, and people don't realize it. The governorship is fairly weak. They have They don't have as many as many powers as they do in places like Pennsylvania. So it does take time. I think, you know, the first thing that Abbott did is he starts shipping people, and that brought it, that helped bring it to the attention, along with DeSantis, it brought it to the attention of the general public, most particularly the media, which had been hiding it from the general public. So I'll give them credit for what they did, and they're taking more strident measures each and every time, and I like it. That's that's fair. And also, I mean, do you think one of these three things could happen? Do you think, like, it could be, like, an invasion that could happen? Do you think it could be a civil war outcome? Or do you think that the military could possibly involve martial law and take control? I I think we're – well, I – I All of those things are possibilities, and I wouldn't reject it. But I will say this. What I believe is going to happen this year is that we're going to have coordinated and uncoordinated terrorist attacks within the United States, within the homeland, as a direct result of the Biden open border. And it's going to be, it's going to be bad. Immigrant. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, a go lot ahead. of the immigrants coming in are men of military age, you know. Yep. From China, from the Middle East, you know, not many of them are, you know, Mexicans or well, you know, a, Guatemalans a, a, a or bunch Hispanics. of people. A bunch of people. Nick sent me uh, one particular guy who was a terrorist. He got on. He goes, "You're going to hear my name." I mean, it was it was uh, a, a barely veiled threat that he was going to commit an atrocity within this country. I. There's no way it can't happen. I, I'm putting the odds at 95% that, that as a result of this open borders policy, we're going to have attacks on our infrastructure and other terrorism, direct result. And do you think that those terrorism attacks and everything, do you think if Biden declared war to try to avoid the election, do you think that's a possibility as well? No. No. Well, that's good to hear. I, I, yeah, Nick. I don't go all the way. I, I wear, I one one uh, part of the hat that I wear is tin foil, and the other part is just steel. <laughs> yeah, so it's only half a tin foil yeah. hat. But I, it's unfortunate. There are people at the crux of this ideology that is, owns the Democrat Party 
who hate the United States, who want to see it destroyed and not be a power for good in this world. They, that's what they truly want. And then you've got a lot of idiots like Joe Biden and a number of other Democrats who follow that because it benefits yeah. them. And it's yeah. we're, in, we're in scary territory. We truly are. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, like honestly, like our taxpayer dollars pay Biden's salary and pay a lot of the politicians' salaries. And like, honestly, it feels like Joe Biden's just trying to kill us and harm us. You know, I mean, hopefully after all this is said and done and hopefully we get a new president that's for the better. But like, I feel like he should be judged for his crime. Same with Kamala. Like, you know, maybe not in the Supreme Court, but in the military courts. There, there is nothing. He should definitely be judged harsher. Nick, there's nothing they do that benefits America. Literally nothing. And it's scary. And they're still doing it. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Well, we're headed towards Bloomberg Money Minute. We're going to do that thing, find out what's going on in business and the markets, and then we'll come back. It's the Bob Cadaro Show. Blondie, the number one hit, the tide is high, this date, 1981. Bob Cadaro back. Murph, the curator of all this music madness. So, uh, what subject was I on? I don't. We'll see if I forget. If I forget, I forget. But somebody texted in, Bob, this open border situation is so bad that the donors and friends of Fetterman, Casey, and Cartwright honestly believe President Joe Biden is a MAGA in disguise. <laughs> but they follow him around like puppies every time he's in. The listener continues, because no person could be so incompetent. I feel that is a bit of a stretch. What do you think, Bob? <laughs> I think it's a bit of a stretch. Casey Cartwright, and no matter what he says, by the way, the most intelligent Democrat in Pennsylvania. Let's let me let me clarify. The most intelligent comments from a Democrat in the state of Pennsylvania are from John Fetterman. Let that scare you after it sets in. That'll tell you where. Your state reps, that'll tell you where Casey and Cartwright are and how scared you should be. John Fetterman's the only one making sense. Unreal. They continue, Bob, a good portion of independents and Democrats feel that uh, what the Biden administration is doing at the open border is to get Trump reelected. No, they want to destroy the country. They usually get away with their lies. But the fact that they keep sending uh, illegals into the cities, sanctuary cities, and the media is covering the situation now, not to the extent they should, but they're covering it, people are now becoming aware of the insanity that is this decrepit, deranged, corrupt scumbag Joe Biden. And then the sick lunatics and the sick, twisted ideology, which owns the Democrat Party. All of those are on display. Emblematic is the border crisis, is the open border. And we're going to pay the price. We're paying it immediately with the death of over 100,000 Americans from the fentanyl that's being shipped across. 
We're going to pay it within the year, I believe, with coordinated and uncoordinated terrorist attacks with those who have snuck across our border. They're estimating 1.8 million plus gotaways. That's how you get to 10 million. Well, the gotaways, nobody knows who they are. Now, this is going to, this is going to, and then the third thing is economically. Those on the lowest rungs of the ladder are going to suffer from their wages, from the inflation that this unbridled illegal immigration brings into this country. That's government spending. That's additional Attack, well, additional uses of resources, and then finally, culturally, because these people have not been inculcated into the society. They don't know what America is. They just think it's free stuff, and they don't know that they have a responsibility back to the country. Yeah, JFK said that. Luciano from Luzerne County, how are you? Thank you, Bob, for taking my call. Other categories, hospitals, hospitals are going to be uh, are going to drastically affected. Schools, yep. crime, prisons, housing. There's going to be increase of homelessness about 500%. And, uh, you know, these, uh, I'll say it, they like these white liberals, elitist liberals. They like to play the race card. I, you know, that lady that got caught from, uh, from uh, Missouri, and and the uh, drug and the lady from uh, the attorney from uh, uh, Georgia, she got caught. She's playing the race card, and that black lady sure, from Missouri, the sure. Democrat, she's playing the race card. I don't know why wh- white people, average white people, are going to be drastically affected by this mass illegal immigration. And uh, well, uh, every American why, but- is. That's the more important point. Luciano, did you see? And a friend of the show, FHL, sent in, and I saw it. The uh, New York City cops getting beaten by illegal immigrants in New York City. I mean, we're we're at a point where it is it is insane. Bob, in New York City and Philadelphia and Boston and in uh, Massachusetts and Maryland, they're putting them up in in uh, in in all kinds of places. Yes, they're committing more and more crime. They're going out in the street begging. They're they're a lot of women are coming in with children. We're going to go bankrupt. Well, Michelle Wu, million dollars, trillion dollars in debt. Michelle Wu, and, the woke mayor of Boston. That's this is the one who yes. threw her uh, her uh, colored people only party for Christmas. She is saying that uh, twenty five that they're past the breaking point in Boston. Yes. They're saying this is too much for us to handle. This is one of the most politically correct idiots in the country, and she is facing reality now she's a she's a bizarre asian she's a radical left-wing socialist communist and by the way met um and i asked what's that gentleman's name that cockroach uh, from cuba he's cuban he's cubano the guy from homeland security alejandro he was born in cuba he's he's 300 times just as bad as fidel castro that i like they shipped his ass back to uh, cuba he should be uh, in jail. Mallorca should I'm be so in jail, not just in peace. angry at this country. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. We'll Thank hang you, in there, Luciano. We'll, let's let's. We got so. an election coming. Let's we do got, the right thing. We gotta thing. pray to Jesus Christ, brother, because we're in we're in 
pitiful condition Amen. with the politicians we have. Thank you, Bob. Amen, my friend. We'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W-I-L-K, the eponymous show, will roll on after the news with Brian Hughes. WILK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.